welcome to Twitch of the Death Nerve, a cult movie podcast that takes a deep dive into a different topic each episode. Our wide-ranging discussions will touch on genre, culture, and the history of psychotronic cinema. I'm Charles. I'm Sam. And just a couple days ago, me and Sam took a trip over the Ben Franklin Bridge into beautiful, sunny New Jersey, where we met with two of our favorite people in the world over at the Diabolic DVD Warehouse. And also Cauldron Films Headquarters. Yeah, it's a real operation over there. There's a whole lot going on. Rows of movies, stacks of boxes, and about 3,000 interns running around. And by 3,000 interns, you mean a really, really cute dog? Yeah, oh my God, Peaches. We have an interview coming up, and for any uh, eagle-eyed listeners, you can hear Peaches just absolutely going fucking ham on some dog food in the beginning of the episode. I mean, what's what's a Twitch of the Death Nerve episode without some animal in the background? Yeah. Usually it's Batgirl, so it's... Anyway, uh, we... Uh... We were very excited to finally talk with Jesse Nelson and Brian Izzy, who run Cauldron Together. And some of you, I think, have probably heard us mention at least Jesse before, because he's one of the founding members of Exhumed Films. And, you know, they've been doing screenings in the Philadelphia area for 20 years now. He teamed up with Brian to form Cauldron. And so they have this kind of great, I don't know, just toes in so many different worlds, which is really gross when I think of that in a literal way. Yeah, they got their toes in in every world. But they do cult movie screenings and they release movies and through Diabolic, which I think every single person on our Discord shops at Diabolic. I feel like every single person who has like been buying weird cult movies for the last, you know, 10, I don't know, maybe 20 years, forever. They've been around. Like every Exhumed show, there's a Diabolic table set up. I mean, like remember when I was a kid, like that's where I got the Cannibal Holocaust DVD. In the sort of pre-DVD or early days of DVD they had this whole bootleg catalog that was sort of like the Video Search of Miami catalog, and that was where I found so many deeply questionable films that I grew to love. And it's just kind of amazing that we've come full circle to Cauldron just having released this incredible UHD 4K Blu-ray of Fulci's City of the Living Dead, and I was just beyond honored that they asked me to provide a commentary and yeah that's a real real bucket list thing there truly and honestly i think it's a really fun interview we we hung out we like shot the shit mostly about the day-to-day operations of running a label and and getting the elements of a film cleaned up and it's it's i think it's really interesting you might think it's fucking boring but i think it's the coolest stuff ever and and honestly like brian is one of the coolest people i've ever met i, I was awesome hanging out and talking to him and jesse i didn't uh i didn't tell him this before we recorded because i mean i, I didn't want to embarrass him well <laughs> i didn't want to embarrass myself really but jesse is one of my heroes him and the guys that exhumed have just been staples of my life, kind of. I mean, I've been going to their screenings, you know, since I became interested in cult cinema. And, I mean, I've honestly, I, I've seen him around for well over a decade. And 
before this, I may have exchanged only a handful of words with him because I'm just like, you're getting nervous. I'm getting nervous. He's (laughs) he's like a fucking rock star, man. You know, he's like one of the exhumed guys. This is, and when you suggested like, well, let's, let's interview them. Let's hang out with them and, you know, check out their, their warehouse and talk about Cauldron. Like in my head, I was like, I can't talk to Jesse, you know, like, ah, I'm going to like freak out. And I, and I don't like freak out around celebrities or anything. I mean, like if I went to a horror movie convention, like I'd be like, oh, hey, Tom Atkins what's going on, bro. And like, you know, fuck off to like, can I brush your mustache? Yeah, I'd happily brush his mustache. You know, I mean, <laughs> I won't be weird about it. But like Jesse's mustache, I like I, I wouldn't I would I would drop the mustache comb in a heartbeat and. I'm already embarrassing myself. Here, here we go. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like, and I, I totally get it because, you know, I, like, like I said when we first talked about Exhumed on our 24-hour episode two years ago, a year and a half ago, I grew up in being introduced to so many cult movies because of their screenings and because of the movies that they sold. But the, the reason that I wanted to talk to them on an episode is because they're both such nice people. They're awesome. Yeah, I mean... They're basically, I think, like a lot of us, just movie nerds at heart and clearly driven not by some kind of shark-eyed business sense, but driven by like a real love for bringing movies to people and especially bringing attention to movies that maybe bigger labels have passed by. American Rickshaw, oh for my God. sure. That's another one. So American Rickshaw was one of their first releases, maybe even their very first. I'm not, I'm not too sure. But they asked me to do a commentary for that one, which it was just, it's such a fun movie to watch. It's even probably more fun to talk about. It's, but yeah. One of the things that I admire so much about Cauldron and the two of them is they're in a pretty unique position because there are sort of tiers, at least in my brain, of labels. Tiers of the boutique. Well, tiers, not in terms of their quality, but tiers in terms of their size. And so the fact that this is run by two people who do everything themselves with a small team it's different from the bigger labels who have these really competitive breakneck production schedules that they have to meet. Whereas Cauldron, I think because of the very unique situation they're in, they're able to really take their time and decide carefully what they want to release and what kind of special features they want to get. And they put so much love into everything from American Rickshaw to Fulci's Contraband to Frankenstein 80. Which Do you is... think Tears of the Boutique is a good Jalo title? <laughs> it needs to be longer. Yeah. Seven Tears of the Boutique. There you go. <laughs> so here's the interview we did with Jesse Nelson and Brian Izzy of Cauldron Films. And, oh, real quick, a little addendum. Me and Sam were, were sharing a microphone during this. So there's a little... Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I got kind of gestury once I got excited. If you have any issues with the audio, please feel free to shoot an email to uh, Jesse Nelson at Diabolic DVD. <laughs> Customer service at Diabolic yeah, DVD. <laughs> there's, there's one thing that we learned about the man. He loves to hear your complaints and critiques about the minutia of things. All right, here's the interview. 
All right, so me and Sam are here with Jesse and Brian, who run Cauldron Films, which recently I would have described you guys as like a boutique label, but you guys just put out The Gates of Hell, and that's that's like Criterion shit. That's that's like a real top dog movie. What's it like putting out something something so big like that versus? you know, a standard movie that maybe other companies would pass by or people have never even heard of. Like, do you feel weight on your shoulders or like some kind of pressure when you have, I don't know, some like God tier movie coming out? Yeah. I mean, you have access to a movie like that and we put in a hundred percent the best people to work on it. Every Yeah. We put everything into that movie, but yeah, there was, there was definitely pressure, but it was just like, once we agreed to do it, it was like, we, you know, send it to the best mastering studio and get new extras and get great art and just try to do yeah it's it's definitely a little bit of a little bit of pressure but we're we're pleased with the way it came out for sure yeah us us too thanks how did you guys meet like how did this operation get off the ground are you are you old friends no we're we're internet friends that's wonderful it was brian was a customer but i don't know how much brian wants to go into his background but I knew Brian. <laughs> I knew Brian from a band he was in. Yeah. And yo, what band were you in? So I was in this band, Trap Them, this like punk metal band. And we had a Twitter account, and I was just buying stuff from Diabolic DVD, like as I always did. I didn't know Jesse. This is probably like back in 2010. I thought you were going to say 20 years ago. I was like, I don't think it was <laughs> no, that. No, 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 no. 2012 or something yeah. like that. But I, I just followed Diabolic DVD and Jesse tweets and he goes, wow, a fa- uh, one of my favorite bands just followed me or something like that. And then, yeah. I, But I had already been emailing with you to or- do orders. I was like, hey, man, that's me. And then I think we met at a Monster Mania and have hung out and yeah. I've seen sort of the Diabolic go from the small, you know, Shipping stuff off your porch till yeah to now it's really cool shipping off the porch to the garage to the, to the yeah, warehouse that's right to the garage warehouse at your house and yeah now we're at this new wave of so diabolic. I, <laughs> so I kind of assume that cauldron just naturally came out of diabolic like you were shipping stuff and I guess like were you getting a hold of Prince and like being like no one's ever released this or, or how did you get into actually distributing and like restoring movies and putting out discs. The genesis of Cauldron was Brian was a really good guy and would come and help me out at conventions all the time. And when he was living in the Boston area, he would actually drive down and then we would drive to Ohio to do Cinema Wasteland together twice a year. I've heard it's so fun. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's the most low key convention. Everybody there knows everybody and everybody there is to there to shop and knows movies when we do a show like Monster Mania, I don't even know what to bring there because it's chaos. It's like it's yeah. Walking Dead fan yeah. hell. Like I <laughs> and this basically. Is, this is not a knock on on Terrifier at all, but <laughs> I brought all these copies of Terrifier and Terrifier Two, and they were all gone by Friday night. Now I wow. I would have thought that everybody that was at that show would have those things, but that's what they wanted. But meanwhile, the stuff that I wanted to promote and I wanted people to buy is just sitting there on the table. You know, Sunday afternoon, it's still there. I remember there being a Monster Mania where I came to visit the table and there was a guy who was like pissed that you didn't have the Indiana Jones trilogy. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. 
It's like, oh man, dude, if you want Terrifier, like, check out American Rickshaw. You're gonna love this thing, yeah. you know? American Rickshaw, that's the movie that we kind of both found that roughly at the same time. Yeah. We had talked about maybe we could put some stuff out. Obviously, we admire lots of labels that have been out there, and but we we knew that a lot of the labels weren't doing, at least at the time. I mean, this was starting to be conceived in like 2018, I think. Something like that, late 2018. And, and no one was really doing like the the sort of mid... I hate to call it that because I don't think it is, but like the mid-level Italian stuff. Like not quite... Uh, not, it's a masterpiece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? It is. And, but um, you're, you're right. You know, it's not Suspiria. No. And it's not Troll 2. Yeah. So... But it's kind of... It could be the new, a new Troll 2 in a way because of the way people are reacting to it. But uh, the, Because of the Nutcracker? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel like it's the difference between a cult movie and a psychotronic movie is that like a psychotronic movie doesn't have the cult following yet yeah. you know and like putting this kind of stuff out it's if you build it they will come like you put this like because people are, are gonna like buy any movie yeah. like, like, like no, i've never heard of this i need it you know especially if i've never heard of it and i feel like so much that you guys have put out like i like to you know fancy myself as you know knowing all the fucking movies but I don't even know what half these movies are. Like, I've never heard of that's them. Cool. That's, that's, that's part it's, of the fun. It really is. Yeah. And the thing, you, you touched on something, and I think about American Rickshaw, what makes it cool in movies like that, and every other thing that we have coming. They might be considered, like, mind melters or goofy or bonkers or whatever people want to talk, but they're sincerely made. And American Rickshaw is so good because it's sincere. No one was trying to make the room or a goofy or like no or it's sergio One, martino yeah, it's i mean martino. Yeah. Yeah. It's all these seasoned technicians and i mean it's it, it uh, that's what makes those movies good i think is the sincerity behind them and they're made really well because these, everyone on the on that crew has probably been making movies since the 60s on westerns and, and just trained at chinachita yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. And, and hanging out in florida and they'll make a bunch of oh, movies because it's the late that's 80s the now subgenre italians <laughs> making movies italians in florida, in florida yeah. it's just so good and it, like it once really you realize that they're out there they just it just never ends there's so many like bud spencer is fucking doing oh, something yeah. Oh, yeah. crazy in this one that you should put out the bud spencer aladdin which <laughs> Char so charles made us watch this last year on his birthday birthday every year he does like a psychotronic totally unexpected movies he's never seen marathon and this bud spencer aladdin movie is like one of my favorite movies that i watched last year because of that. just sheerly how insane it is and so i wanted to ask like i i feel like a lot of the boutique labels have kind of a theme and like obviously neon eagle does but it seems like for you guys it has been Movies like what we've been talking about, the psychotronic films that people haven't heard of that deserve much more love than they've gotten. I mean, I think lots of people, much like Charles and myself, some of these titles, it's like, how have I never heard of this before? But what would you say is like the vibe or subgenre or anything like that that you're consciously going for? I don't... If I you don't have one. We, yeah, I think I mean, we're pretty passionate about what we put out. We... You know, we're not just trying to crank movies out. We're we're trying to find things that we really like. And when we look at a list of movies, we're not just like, here's six horror movies. We could put any one of these out. We're like, all right, here's six horror movies. But, but this one, mm. it's the one is something I really want to look at. Someone recommended something to me recently and I watched it and I was like, oh, holy shit. I've got to find this movie. That's the best feeling. Yeah. yeah. And that I think that's kind of it. We're really 
interested in the things that we're putting out. There's no, we're not phoning it in on any of these movies. No. And we also had, from the start, we had this a list of like hopeful stuff. And the cool thing is, a lot of it's unreleased so far and unannounced, but we've probably got like almost half our list covered. That's so sick. Which That's is really, awesome. really cool. And so what's cool about getting something like City of the Living Dead is it allows us to take it, more it, chances. It funds your yeah. next like five wacko wow. flicks. You know what? Yeah, 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 yeah. And to be truthful, I mean, people have been cool and receptive, I think, at this point. They're just kind of like, yeah, if you're putting it out, that looks fun. Yeah. And yeah, we have some just cool stuff like that. And and I, it, I feel like that's why it's so important to have like actual honest to god salt of the earth nerds running these kinds of companies seriously because like when you have someone who's just like oh like this will make money or like this is a title that people know or this or that like there is less of a hand of love than like just say like we got to keep out like three movies a month at minimum we, you, well we i will say from a from a production point i mean i applaud those labels for doing that that is yeah. Yeah. no it's it's not it's easy it's gonna be so much doing. work I mean, yeah. it is so much work. I can only imagine when you're doing four or five releases a month. Um, I mean, we are picking up the pace a little bit starting this year, but we're never going to be on, you know, we're going to just kind of stick with the way we're doing it. Yeah, and I think at the level that we're doing it, that's that's kind of what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And it was funny because, you know, like we've been into this for so long. I, I mean, back since, you know, the VHS trading days, and that's where a lot of the titles that I've been looking for, like the oddball Italian stuff, you know, I used to like get Japanese VHS versions of a lot of these things. And again, some unannounced stuff. But what was funny, I don't know if you guys remember Midnight Video. It was like yes. a, used to, basically it was a, I guess a bootleg operation is what you call it. But sure. it was back when you couldn't find anything. So it wasn't really like stepping on anyone's toes. It was, but it was the highest quality. They were like, I don't know, the blue underground. They were VHS. expensive. <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, they like, were. yeah, they were like really, they were expensive too. It totally. Cause I mean, I was, it was my whole allowance to buy one of absolutely. their Absolutely. I mean, I was <laughs> yeah. my second apartment, you know, like 20 years old and having to spend 25, $25 plus shipping per tape. It hurts. You'd have to really pick, but they, they made these cool catalogs. I just pulled one out the other day and showed my wife, Anne. And she's flipping through it. I was like, yeah, this is how I used to buy stuff. And she's like, holy shit, you just circled this movie. And it's a movie we're putting out next month. That's so nice. And I totally forgot. Yeah, I was like, that's that's cool, man. And that reminds me of why we're doing it, too. Something wrong with this mic. What's going on? Hey, you. There's something wrong with the mic every time. Hey. Jeez. Cut the goddamn monitor. The Chinese go. <laughs> Cut it! The Chinese. Will somebody tell me what's going on? Yeah, it's yeah. a real golden era we're living in. Like, oh, I it's remember amazing. being shocked because I, I swore off Blu rays for a long time because I just, like, I felt like, okay, no, DVDs are the best. There's, they're not getting any <laughs> higher than this. Like, it looks great. And then. I felt like Blu-rays were going to be like, oh, they made it even nicer. And then I thought like, well, uh, the movies that I like, I don't really want to be that nice. And I think that what's so cool is that it feels like a a lot of times you're watching a film print. Like it looks like a reel is playing on, on a lot of these movies. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so sick being able to, like get a movie like I don't know like raped by the genie on like 4K or, or just like just like something like you know obscene Has that somebody put that out on 4K I don't know I might be just trying to will that into yeah. existence yeah. I don't know I don't know get on it guys yeah. <laughs> 
I don't I don't know rape by a genie. I thought you just made that up. Oh no no no! I don't know that at all. I think it's it's got an alternate title that's a little less uh, salacious, but that's the one that that I really like. That's the real title. Yeah. 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 I mean, is there actually a genie in it? Do they rub the lamp? Oh yeah 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 yeah. He he comes out of an urn and he he has a time. Is it Robin Williams? (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that would be something. Genie movies playing in my head now. I wanted to ask how you go about getting things restored like is there a specific company you work with like how does that even work we we deal with brian who does a lot of our restoration work there's that but we 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 do work with a fairly you know some different labs um we do a lot of additional work here like we might get a master in that's pretty good and then we'll spend an extra week or so manually hand cleaning the frames and wow fixing up the audio yeah you were saying earlier that you sometimes get prints that have like cigarette ash all over them. I was kind of or... joking. But yeah, but, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes the, the the negatives look like someone, you know, was smoking a cigar over them or something. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, that's probably what they were doing, they man. Were. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, some things just, to, you know, like are the restoration of contraband, which was really tough. But, you know, it's worth it. But yeah, there was a lot of shit all over that movie. I bet. I bet they, like, with some of those Fulci movies... Yeah. We watched Conquest recently because our last episode was on Sword and Sorcery movies. It's so good, but it looks like I don't know how you would ever fully clean that up just because. It's the way it was shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's shot like really soft focus with this whatever kind of haze they put on the lens. Yeah. Yeah. Even like House of Clocks and Sweet House of Horrors is like that on the negative. Which I think we have talked about those. People know we're putting those out. Yeah, we're definitely yeah. we're putting those out. Yeah. So what are those movies? Those are the late '80s. It's called the Houses of Doom, and it's two Fulci movies and two Alberto Lenzi movies that are they're all movies that take place in some kind of horror haunted house type situation with different themes. And they're not in the La Casa series, or are they? No, no. no. and they were all deemed too violent. They they got hired from for for them to be made for TV, and they're like you know it's Fulci, and they're they're super violent movie like you know full on horror with gore and crazy themes and stuff like that. So those it's funny though because the Fulci negatives are much grittier, and then the Umberto Lenzi <laughs> negatives are almost pristine. So I well because you know. well one of them probably got watched a little more often than <laughs> they have a real odd history on home video too. That was yeah. in the U.S. only two of them were on DVD. And the other two weren't. Uh, and I think they did. There was an Italian set that had all four and maybe in the UK. Yeah, there's like a, I think Vipco did a four, like all four of them together. Yeah, but all on DVD. Yeah, it was a DVD era. There's no posters for this. There's no artwork. There's yeah. nothing. It was just. Oh, because it's television. Yeah. yeah. At first we were going to do them separately, but we decided to just put them all in a box because it actually is a theme and they do make sense to go together. So it's close. You know, we're, they're being worked on right now. Hopefully up for pre-order towards the end of the year. That's exciting. Yeah, we have the artwork. Being, yeah, there's like not a lot for the movie. No, I so I growing up found out about them because of bootleg catalogs, like you mentioned, mm-hmm. and I only thought there were two of them because, like you said, the other two, I guess, just weren't like. Why would you pick two and not all four? Yeah, I think when twenty years ago when they came on in DVD, people were like, "Oh, it's only the seventies and the early eighties stuff that's cool from Italy." They're wrong. Now, yeah, that we're in twenty twenty three. I think people are going to watch these and really love them. I yeah, think they're going to be hard pressed to not like these. It's so cool. They're so good. And that's like the Lindsay ones are real gems too because they're really underseen. That, well, that's what I find so frustrating. Is this just like earlier? You know, when we were talking about how 
the movies that you put out aren't Suspiria. It's like there's more than just the big 70s Jalo hits. And the late 80s movies are so crazy and often so scary and so violent. And like maybe the print quality looks different. And maybe some of them are made for TV, but just like the way they get overlooked is so frustrating. It just, I think too, it's just because, you know, Blu-ray, it's, it's 24 frames per second and the bit rates are higher. So you just, it's going to be, these, they'll all be reassessed. I think people are going to dig these. Yeah. And that, and that kind of goes along with what we're doing here is, hey, these are movies that are kind of underseen that we really like to get out to the world, but also... Hey, look, it's Fulci and Lindsay. Yeah. I mean, why aren't you already looking at these things? And I think that's one of the cool things about Cauldron is that Jesse and I's attitude towards it is like we're not really, and not that we like started out rich or anything with this thing. Um, it was all just personal money put into it to make it happen. But we're not like, we kind of just go for the movies we want to go for before we worry about like, well, that may not make as much money as the movie that we yeah. That's also maybe available, like you were saying. That, yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like nerds do because they're like trying to do something that they want, yeah. you know. Yeah, and so it's, we get excited. Yeah, when we look at cool stuff, we're just like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then, okay, <laughs> let me. Can I ask so you about some some of the movies you guys put out? Like some of the ones I've like I don't know anything about until I just like saw the title today. There's one called like Alakazam or something. Abracadabra. Abracadabra. <laughs> Yo, what's Abracadabra? Abracadabra is one of the first movies that we licensed, which is a newer movie. That's made by the Onetti brothers who have made a name for themselves making these kind of retro giallos like um, Francesca is one. And what's what's the other one? I can't even think of it. There, there was three of them and Abracadabra was the third. And it it's oh, great. Um, Sono Profondo. Yes. Right. Yeah. The first one. Yeah. yeah. And and unlike um, it just completely went out of my head. What are the. The guys that made the um, the movies that are just like a playlist of scenes from a giallo. Like Amir. And yeah, Amir. And, well, uh, Let the Corpses Tan is incredible. Yes. I, oh, yeah. I haven't I seen like that personally. But, but yeah, you, but the Onetti brothers, they really nail it. it. It's it's very low budget, but it looks really, really authentic. But unlike those, Abercrombie has a story. It's interesting. And by the end, it makes no sense. Like perfect. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's exactly yeah, like yeah, what yeah, yeah. just it's happened. Really fantastic soundtrack, which they also write the music to. Uh, the music on that in that movie is spectacular. I think that's sick. And what's uh? There's like the Spanish one that you said was We've like done a bunch of Spanish ones or a couple Spanish. Beyond right? Terror. The Beyond yes. Terror is. I'll tell you. I'll tell you guys a secret. Um, so Beyond Terror was something that somebody on the Vinegar Syndrome forum on Facebook said, you guys should put this out to Vinegar Syndrome. <laughs> and we went and tracked it down. <laughs> I was like, look at this poster. Holy shit, what is this movie? And I went, I couldn't find anything on this. I found a trailer on YouTube. I was like, oh, we're going to look into this right now. I feel like that's the best case scenario with forum comments is because so often they just are people complaining but sometimes when you see people are like, oh, release this, yeah, it, it usually winds up being awesome. And it's like, how did this person even find this to begin with? Yeah, I think you mentioned it to me. And then I immediately found it on the website everyone founds really cool shit on. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I forget if you don't want people to talk about it like it's Fight Club. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah, bleep it out. Like, if you yeah. said it, we would bleep it out. You know, we'd be like, we don't know anything about this. Every every label every that site, if you're looking to look for some archival anything. But yeah. I, I immediately... Uh, downloaded it and it had no subtitles, but I was like, holy shit, this movie's amazing. Evidently, that was something that toured around the United States and played 
in Spanish-speaking movie theaters, yeah. like in Miami oh, yeah. and in New York and Los Angeles. And we found a listing in, um, can't remember if it was the, maybe it was the Gore Gazette that somebody sent me and said, look, there's actually a, a review that he went and saw this, but he said he couldn't, you know, he was in Spanish, but. That's awesome that he went to see it anyway. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. love right there. Yeah. It's a, yeah. You can understand that movie without, without the, you know, knowing what they're saying for the most part as well. It's yeah. I, I occasionally have to watch movies like that just because it's like, oh, I, I need to see Lewd Lizard right now. And it doesn't matter. <laughs> and I can't read the subtitles. It doesn't matter. Do you like, need that? Because we have a really good, yeah, we, well, we, we don't have, have a good copy of it. Well, we have a good, like. Yes. It's, it's like. It's like a um, like an archived copy. It's a, like it, a VHS rip or something. No, or? but someone has gone through and taken like scenes from the laser disc yeah, yeah, it's like and a, the VHS here. composite cut. Yeah. Oh, yes. oh my good, god, are you serious? Friend. I've been, been like, waiting. We've been waiting I keep... to find a legible print. It, oh, it, a, it's a really weird version. because it it constantly changes video quality. Oh, that's fine. That's like yeah. her the version of her vengeance we watched is the same way where. Somebody, some angel spliced in <laughs> the cut scenes from the Japanese laser disc and yeah. Then yeah. like another bootleg tape. And that's what this is. Well, that's so exciting. Yeah, it's that movie's something else. Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, that's, that's on so my nice. list. If anyone's listening, don't take that. I want that. Yeah. <laughs> Error 4444. Four, four, four. Don't take that one. <laughs> but seriously, I love those guys because oh, we really had Red that. Spell on our list. I oh, had Centipede Horror yeah, on our list. Yeah. We had Fatal Termination. Yeah. We actually oh. talked to the yeah. licensor about that. Yeah, well, because we I know you guys, it. like, you had a print of that for, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, we showed at the, uh, the X-Fest. X-Fest. Yeah, when, when that little girl is oh, hanging boy. out. Oh, boy. No matter how they did that, that little girl is still hanging no, out that car window. There's no way that there was, like, they probably had a harness. There's sure, but it doesn't, doesn't matter. definitely a harness. Yeah, they're 100%. And a fake arm. And I don't know how fast they were actually going but it's still pretty it look it looks bad i don't know i mean (laughs) i mean i'm pretty sure when i die there's going to be at least one 10 second scene from fatal termination that flashes in my brain before like the dmt hit of death hits it's like oh yeah you're gonna fucking remember this right now but yeah those guys putting out red spell spells red is the same shit as as like lewd lizard like that was one that i just i i didn't want to watch it because it just like looked so bad and Awful. I couldn't find yeah. it anywhere. And then when that got announced, I was like, oh, heroes, heroes to the rescue here. And you know, that's the other thing that sometimes we get scooped on things. There's been things that we were bidding on and then we found out that somebody else had them. And it is disappointing. But on the other hand, so somebody else is going to be putting this out that we don't have to do the work on. We're going to watch still... it. Yeah. There was that, that metaphor. I forget who said it. It was someone recently, but they were like, they got, they were basically working on something and then maybe left the project. And it was something they really liked, like an old IP or something. And they were like, sometimes you want to go into a kitchen and make the meal and be the one that makes it and has presented to everybody. And then sometimes you just want to sit at the table and eat. And yeah. Like, when we don't get a title, that's how I think. I'm just yeah, like, it's like here. Yeah. If we, if someone else got Fatal Termination, it's going to be a cool label. It's going to look good. No yeah. one's going to f- fuck around anymore yes. with a movie like that. And so what? We have so we have plenty to work on. It's not maybe like three years ago, it felt a little like we didn't have enough stuff, but now we're. Yeah, there's so much out there. I, that's definitely how I feel about commentaries and special features is like i've had people ask me like oh are you mad someone else is doing Mm -hmm. this and it's like i'm there there needs to be as many voices as possible yeah it's just like the fact that certain things are getting 
restored and getting special features. It's like I live at least 50% of my day in my teenage brain, and <laughs> <laughs> which has positives and negatives. But it just makes me constantly like surprised and delighted that some of these things are out in the world. And I feel like I got to ask, like, how how did you get Gates of Hell? Like, I feel like it's like there's like an auction room or something with like a bunch of people sitting in it. And it's like, Battles. It was, yeah, it was luck. We asked about it. It's a licensor we work with. Yeah, we work with for a little while. Actually, we worked with since the start. You know, you see when it's going to be available, and then we spoke to the previous holders of it. And I, I yeah, think that, and they, and they weren't going to renew. Yeah, that's basically what it was. We spoke to the people that had it. Yeah, Scorpion Scorp- had yeah, it Scorpion before us, and they weren't going to renew it. So we talked to the licensor and said, "Hey, if they're not going to renew it, let's start." the proceedings now yeah kind of that fucking congratulations that's yeah. awesome thank like you. that's thank like you. like see, it is criterion and, and trust, level we, stuff like that's huge yeah and we don't take it lightly i mean, I mean we first had access to it movie. then we like yeah. asked and then asked again and checked you know we checked every turned every stone over and and um you know and then once we had it and looked at the new master that was had been made and it, it was back to what i mean i the scorpion release is nice but you know the, being nitpicky the color grading I think was a little pushed and a little saturated, a little, little. It looked kind of like sunny for Dunwich, which is, I mean, <laughs> you know? it, it's like and not to knock other people's work. It, there's to each of their own. Color grading can. It's almost like mixing an album, or and something. it also it's makes just, people insane. I know. Oh yeah, it like, really does. like people on forums. I mean, right, right. But uh, yeah, so this one had more of that the earthy tones, and it's just. It, I think you're suggesting that people on the internet sometimes have unreasonable expectations. It's, it's, this is Sam's axe, and she is fucking at the grindstone every <laughs> Me day. Me too, every yeah. day. Oh, uh, you know what? Away. I'm not even. But with City of the Living Dead, which I always want to call Gates of Hell, I just never want to call it anything. Yeah. It's, it's I, the I, fucking I coolest. It's the coolest title. It's cooler than even the titles that it didn't have, like Twilight of <laughs> Twilight the Dead. Again, like yeah. Gates of Hell is it just is fucking. Great, it's it's a bulletproof. Title. It is, but. On the negative, the English title is City of the Living Dead, and I guess maybe I get a little nitpicky about that. It's like, <laughs> I think that's the title. In America, we're all used to it as the Gates of Hell, sort of. People that are either really in the know or people that are like pushing 50 or a little over 50. Like I rented it when I was a little kid. I had no idea what Italian horror was. I didn't realize until I saw like a more uncut version in my tape trading days in the 90s. I was like, holy shit, this is – and then that – you know, open up everything. You start chasing the directors. Um, I think people, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but in my mind, I always kind of thought that since maybe the DVD era, people have been calling it City of the Living Dead. I, yeah, I think that's correct. I think it's just for me, the first, so it was like my first cult movie. Like I saw Ed Wood growing up in some Vincent Price movies, but it was my first like European horror film mm-hmm. with wild effects. And I the tape that I bought was that old Anchor Bay tape. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was Gates, called Gates of Hell on there. So it's just always stuck in my head that way. But when it got released on DVD, I think anyone who came to it through that, you're right. They, yeah. they called it the like actual title. And actually, like oh, it's kind of cool because... Sometimes you just have to overthink things that you've been thinking about or you've liked your whole life. And then all of a sudden you have to sit down and think about it like really seriously. <laughs> is it this title or is it this title? Almost like American Rickshaw. I think the VHS title was American Tiger. 
which I think we were going to call it that at first, but I was like, man, on the negative, it says American Rickshaw. That title is way cooler. Yeah, American way weirder. Rickshaw. It's like, what the fuck is this movie? Yeah. You know, what like, cool, like two, those and two words together. is it together, actually so. about rickshaws? And the answer is yes. <laughs> sort <Sure>. of. <laughs> there's, there's some rickshaws. It's like this. pedicab driver where like yeah. they drive the pedicab in a couple scenes, but you know. It is actually very similar, <laughs> but, but sleazier. I mean, it, yeah, it ties into the story, but that, yeah, back to that. I mean, I, Gates of Hell probably is the better title. I mean, for sure. It's, you know, they say it in the movie. They they say both in the movie, actually. Which makes it a film twice over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, we we have this this friend, Patrick, who I'm sure we'll have on the show at some point, but he came up with this thing where if someone says the title of the movie in the dialogue, it's it's no longer a movie, it's now a film. Yes. So Gates, oh. Gates yeah. of Hell is a film twice over. That's really oh, cool. wow. So we even nitpicked stuff like on the subtitles, on the on the SDH subtitles for it, when it says the Gates of Hell, I was like, we could have capitalized the Gates of Hell. When she says we're going to go to the Gates of Hell, yeah. like purposely it's like they're... <laughs> went through when we're QCing it. I was like, you should make, you should that capitalize just, Absolutely. That. It's, it's like, you know, using it's like, you know, yes, it's the name of God. Big G. Because uh, at this, you know, mention uh, Anne, who does a lot of the subtitle QCing as well. So we'll sit there and she'll be like, what, you know, we'll go over lines. And it's, it's interesting to, again, be into this stuff for so long and then all of a sudden have to like really pay attention just to the minutia of like all this. But I feel like that's how you know. And this is definitely how I felt when I started doing commentary tracks was like, that's sort of the make it or break it thing. It's like, do you just want this to be a hobby or do you want to obsessively nitpick over mm-hmm. things and, you know. Someone's got to do it. Yeah, yeah someone's got to <laughs> do know? it. It's nice. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Are you acquainted with the Book of Enoch? A text which dates back to more than 4,000 years ago. It contains man's first recorded description of his, his boundless mortal fear in the face of malice itself. A demanding implacable enemy whose search for blood is never satiated. Mary, tell your experience, everything you witnessed during our last seance. The city of the dead. The living dead. A cursed city, where the gates of hell have been opened. Where, uh, where exactly is this city? I don't know where it is. All I know is that it's called Dunwich. Well, I've never heard of it. Uh, How do you know? I mean, how can you be so sure? I read the name on a tombstone. Is there any, like, stuff that you guys wouldn't touch? Like, would you ever put out any, like, pornos or... Subgenres you're not into? Or or either, yeah, yeah, that you're not even, like, a fan of or... I don't think... Straight up porn fits with Cauldron Films. The only ones in my mind that I think would be cool would be like the 90s Joe D'Amato stuff that was shot on yeah. 95 yeah. millimeter. Somebody. I mean, Vinegar Syndrome, why? There's surely negatives of those. Yeah. Joe D'Amato. I guess you would have to change your name to like John Morgan if you wanted to do something like that. <laughs> I mean, oh, R.I.P. Rest in peace, oh, Giovanni. Peace. Pour one out. You know, I am. We were just talking about being jealous of things. I am jealous of Caligula, who was ever putting that out. I would like to. That would that would be a cauldron title. Oh, I would absolutely. Yeah, so call yes. Caligula. What a beautiful film. Yeah, it really truly. is. Oh man. I like never watched it until we did an episode on it like last year and I I just thought it was like cuz like my parents knew it. They like, "Oh, Caligula, it's a crazy movie." And I was like, "Okay, all right, mom, sit down." But like <laughs> and then I saw it I was like, "Holy shit, mom, you watch this? Like you <laughs> you watch this movie? Are you serious? It's like it's fucking nuts." Yeah. 
have, have you read the whole thing that they're doing with it though? It's, no, what's 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 the what's the story? There was a push to restore it. Penthouse wanted to restore the movie. I don't I don't know the whole story. I'm just picking up bits and pieces here, but that evidently they had some change of heart and there's people that are now restoring the movie but also taking different camera angles and adding things in digitally like they're adding new backdrops. Oh, what's I saw that. So what? wait a second. So they're they're basically pulling a George Lucas. Yeah, they're on... Lucasing Caligula for, no! for sure. I saw something. Oh man, like that. there's a YouTube. I want to see it. And it's like this... <laughs> Aren't they trying to say that they meant to have this background based on a script thing? So now they made it. So I'm like, okay. So, so someone it's brave new world shit, man. I, that's yeah. that's a bridge too far for me, but it's interesting. I so guess. yeah. I, in theory, but not in practice. Yeah, imagine we start leave Caligula stuff alone. The dead, like a spaceship and Dude, a train going by. I'm gonna make that shirt. Leave Caligula alone. <laughs> <laughs> I have a great Caligula shirt, and I, I could just put a little sticker underneath. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was, though. So Penthouse wanted to redo the movie to Tinto Brass's original vision of the film. Because, you know, once he had made the movie... But they're the ones who ruined it in yes, the first place. right. But, but Bob's dead. So the powers that be were like, let's go back and make it what was originally there. So at some point, they had to change their heart and decide they wanted to go back to the screenplay by Gore Vidal. Oh, my God. So that's Which what they're is, doing. Honestly, no. I don't know. So they're I, reassembling I, the Gore Vidal cut of the movie. I say fucking go off. Well, well why not? Well, like, as long he, as the original's there. Yeah, yeah that's the totally. thing. Like, if, if, the original if you, on the set, I guess. Sure. I'll I take mean, all of them. Isn't that exactly. movie extra released like that? Like, there's like four versions. There's that extra? has the real version in there. Yes, the real version of extra exists. And Whoa. then there's the... Like lens flare version and yeah, yeah. yeah. what yeah, there are multiple versions of extra but there's still yeah. just really the one you'd probably but but play. not yeah. not in the same way that there so, are multiple versions of caligula yeah, like no. nobody inserted some so, some hardcore pornography into extra <laughs> yeah, though yeah. i would watch that if i know you had. would <laughs> sometimes when i find out there's like four versions yeah. of a movie and i haven't seen it that just means i'm never gonna watch it. i'm just like so intimidated like i don't know i'm gonna watch it wrong i'm gonna fuck up <laughs> watching it you know and like you know that does happen which which version do we watch? I don't yeah. know. And it happens all the time when things come out. It's a special cut, and this cut, and the producer's cut. Producers shouldn't be allowed to have a cut. Wait, what about the guy that did the Curse of Michael Myers? Everyone says you got to watch Curse of Michael Myers producer cut. It's not that much different. It's a little better. It's not. I think that everything cool about that movie is probably just never filmed. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to some... I like, I like, I like, I like listen to a lot of... Um, like books when I'm working. I don't read books. I listen to them now. It's weird, but no, but there's one about Halloween, easier. like unmade Halloween movies, and the story behind that one. Probably don't want to go onto it in this podcast too much, but it's all the cool stuff was left. I don't think it was ever filmed. That's that's the trick when you make a movie. It's just you know only film the dumb, boring yeah. stuff that doesn't make any sense. Hey, Lonnie, get your ass away from there. So this is. An unfair question and a question that I would be very angry if someone were to ask me, but do you have a favorite release that you've put out so far? Well, obviously I love them all, but my favorite is Contraband. I mean, I love the movie. It's one of my favorite Fulci movies. Yeah, and Contraband it, fucking rocks. It had been waiting for Blu-ray for a while. The restoration was a bit torture. You know, the negatives were in really poor shape, but I, I just had always wanted to see it on Blu-ray. I think, you know... 
people sometimes think it's like a cop movie and it's not it's really a, like a hyper violent mafia revenge movie so violent yeah it's like so crazy and it's a simple story i think for fulci some of his movies can be a little bit more i don't know esoteric this one's really pretty simple you know it's a pretty standard story but it's really the combination of getting something out there that was maybe never going to see blu-ray we basically had to sign they're like the materials are really bad so but like isn't that kind of the case with everything mm, like this was particularly bad yeah. to the point where you know we basically had to sign it like an as is we basically took a huge gamble you bought a lemon we <laughs> could have they, they did warn us that it no, was no, unusable it's not yet yeah, it's no joke we actually had we had to give the money in advance and and hope for the best because if it, if it was unsalvageable as thought we would just have the license to a movie for what a was while. what was <laughs> like fucked up about it like what was what was uh, negative wrong with damage it? it was very dirty there was broken frames frames that they had someone had maybe censored by hand everything was you know hand fixed like censored by hand as in they like they put shit on the like the frame they put or over the not really stickers <laughs> but like a lot of t- a lot of the violent scenes there would be maybe one or two of the frames where somebody had like dug like a line through it oh that like scratched be, yep yep but then on top of it it was you know, some shots were faded, and it's just the the movie. I don't think it was ever treated well right from when it was shot. The negatives were, I think, just kind of dragged around. So that one's my favorite for the two points. It was a it was a huge project to finish, and it, there's a point where maybe you thought it couldn't get finished, and it got finished, which is really awesome. And I just love the movie. So it's got some great extras from our guy in Italy, Eugenio Ercolani. It's got the soundtrack from Fabio Fritzi, which we licensed through Beat Records, and yeah, I mean that's my favorite one. Yeah, that movie fucking rocks. Yeah, I love Contraband. And the soundtrack is so good. Yeah, it's so good. I feel like Fabio Fritzi, though, like, even when he's... He did, like, his movie called, like, Blast Fighter. And it's, like, kind of a medium movie. But, like, his score is, like, he just, like, never fucking phones it in. He's, like, <laughs> I, I, I love yeah, everything he does. A few times live, he's excellent live. Yeah, too. such a oh, nice guy. He has yeah. the biggest, most infectious smile yeah. of oh, anyone. He's such a nice guy. Yeah, he's, he's so cool. I've seen him, I've saw, I saw him up in Boston at the Coolidge Corner Theater, sold out to like 500 people. But then when I lived in Seattle right before the pandemic, and it was like, we saw him in a place with like 10 people, like was, literally sitting in a chair, and there's Fabio Fritzi. Was that when he uh, did the full score to the Beyond? Coolidge Corner was the full score to the Beyond, the alternate, the new alternate one. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I saw that here in Philly oh, cool. in this, again, like a couple months before the pandemic. And it was in this like upstairs attic dance club that looked like a dungeon. That's and, awesome. and there were like 15 people there. But which is a bummer because like you want him to have good yeah. ticket sales. But it was also like, this is surreal and wonderful. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I've seen him. One time I was in Austin. I think the first time he played, it was in Austin, and Mondo brought him out. And he, it was actually in a church. It was really cool. It was like only a hundred or so people could fit. So seeing, like, you know how he plays behind him, he'll play the video of. So you have like you know the priest hanging himself in a church, like being projected on the church wall while they're playing the music. It was mm. awesome. Truly <laughs> a beautiful thing. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was really nice. You know how lucky we are. We've seen Fabio Fritzi, John Carpenter. I know and, it's and insane. I've seen what, Goblin, three like, different versions of Goblin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Goblin, anytime I get the chance to see any of those artists, I go out of my way. Yeah, I feel like I wish I saw John Carpenter last time he came around, but it was just like $40 higher than I was like ready to go. But now I'm like, all right, you know, no price too high. 
to now, have John Carpenter get stoned and play a video game. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I would watch his like just his Twitch stream of him playing Call of Duty, like talking like, yeah, you know, if they give me the money, so I'll much money from that. Yeah, John Carpenter, I know you're not listening, but I can't... yeah, I love it when he fucking like just like wheels himself out when like a new Halloween movie comes out and he's like this is he does like the Stephen King quote for Evil Dead he's like this is the most ferociously original <laughs> film of the year <laughs> Halloween kills the best, you know yeah. except I, Stephen King wasn't lying about that even no. then. <laughs> but the thing is though the scores he's so good still his new albums are great yeah no they're sick those, those lo- yeah, the yeah it, they're so the good films, whether you like them or not the films themselves but the soundtracks are really good yeah he's great yeah. alright same question yeah, to you what's what your alright well I'm gonna cheat I'm going to say not just a release, but a wave we did of two found footage movies. So we did 1974, which is a Spanish language found footage movie shot on 8mm. What year is it from? It's recent. Okay, that that's what I thought. Yeah, I mean, if you could ask me the the actual year, I don't. know. Nah, we don't. <laughs> but it's not from 1974. No, it's, it's not, not like an actual. No, it's found, a period. But if, but if you watch it though, you have to pretend it is. From yeah, that's 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 yeah. half the fun. <laughs> Along with that, the Collingswood story, which takes place in Collingswood, New Jersey, not too far from where we're sitting right now, we had been working on some other found footage projects that didn't work out, and sometimes things don't work out, and then better things come along. Yeah. And we were so thrilled with these two things coming in. And people mentioned these movies to me that found footage is, is a really weird genre because you have you know, Blair Witch Project that everyone thinks about and the Paranormal Activity movies, which are a billion-dollar franchise. Which is crazy. Yeah, right? But then you have 20,000 shitty movies that people made that are on Amazon that are just unwatchable. But... In between that, there's some really good gems, and these are two of the best examples of those. Yeah, I feel like that's like one of the genres that I haven't gone like psychonautically digging down, and I feel like that's gonna be like probably a midlife crisis I'm gonna have at some point. Like I'm gonna see one, I'm gonna be like, okay, let's let's go, let's see what we got, you know. But those two are special because Collinswood Story is essentially the very first Screen Life movie, I think, without a doubt, as a fact. Uh, What's the you know Screen Life like? Unfriended or missing oh. or searching or these or yeah and then, it's it's like it the hyper modern so it's it's like that yeah the the movie basically takes place through webcams I would say it influenced Paranormal Activity in some of the themes towards the end and of course the 1974 is special it's actually shot on eight millimeter film and it's like a period piece and yeah I mean they're both definitely extremely important in in what they're doing I think. yeah. Collingswood story is really cool. It's very charming also. Yeah, I love watching regional movies in the region that I'm from. Cause it's like, oh, fuck yeah, dude. There's the, there's the shop right back there, you know? And like, you get hyped yeah. up, you know? You see the towers. The Collingswood towers yeah. are in the movie real quick. The, I forget. Uh, the there's there's this movie that I heard of last year, and I forget the title, so I'm sorry for bringing it up. But there's this movie that was like shot in like Summer's Point in Northfield, which are like the towns that I'm from, like in the early 90s or late 80s in that era. And the guy, like, just finished it, like, a couple years ago. I have no idea what it is. I'm sorry I'm bringing it up, but, like... Yeah, there aren't enough truly solid New Jersey movies. There are so many great, like, like upper North Jersey movies that pass themselves off as being New York, like Don't Go in the Basement. Or, I'm sorry, Don't Go in the House. What are you talking about? We got, uh, we got uh, like, mall rats and clerks and well, stuff. Well, going back to things we've Stop. missed, we did try to get... <laughs> Um, a New Jersey one, which is the last broadcast, which is also oh. 
I think 101 Films did it, which they did. Yeah. Really, they did a really nice release, but we did kind of try to get that. That so you know you win some, lose some, but that is a New Jersey Jersey Devil, and that was what competing with maybe Blair Witch is which one came first. Yeah, I like both. I love Blair Witch, but I always thought the last broadcast was cool. We really wanted it, but you know, again, but that's New Jersey. Yeah, um, Terrifier, right? Isn't you that know, New Jersey horror? No, or am I no? Yeah, no. he's from he's from Jersey, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Really. Bubbles the Clown is a fucking local legend? I think so. Wait, his name isn't Bubbles, is it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Wait, now you made me totally forget what that clown's name is. It's like... Art. Art. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hi, Georgie. Aren't you going to say hello? Oh, come on, bucko. Don't you want a balloon? <laughs> okay. <laughs> but wait, I want to tell a story. Real quick, Sam, that you've been coming to Exhumed Films for years. Since I was like 15. Yeah. We were going to do Blair Witch before there was Blair Witch. What? And they sent us tapes, and we had some weird version of Blair Witch. I don't have that tape anymore, but I wish I did. Whoa. Then they emailed us and said, sorry, guys, we just sold the movie. We can't. We can't show it. That's crazy. That's how I watched it, too. I watched it with my girlfriend in like, I was like, you know, 22 or something like that. And I just had a tape. It had no credits on it. And I kind of maybe knew that it was fake, but I wasn't exactly sure. And we watched it. She was like free. And I'm, yeah. I was at premium age for that where like, oh, this is real. There's a special on the sci-fi channel about the, like the backstory. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. this, of course person. this is fucking real, person you know? Is so cool. Oh, man. Yeah. Like the Burkittsville 7. Yeah. And, oh, man. I like I have was the, wrapped up in it. The books. I have like the little young young adult novels. I have them all. They're wow. Young adult. Why? Like of a course. Of like Why seven, be surprised? Seven um, books. Yeah. There's I think young adult books. Friday the 13th books. Did you know this? Camp Crystal Lake young adult books. I, I grew. I have Halloween ones. There's yeah. like the old Myers house. I like I read those when I was a kid. I loved cool. them. Yeah. You still have those? I still have them. I looked them up online. It's like 150 bucks yeah, for like they, this banged up version. I'm like, I'm. I'm never going to sell mine. Like, it's just like, <laughs> I might want to read them again someday. At, at the convention we just did, the, a guy had the novelization of the first Halloween. Oh, he that's, that's awesome. $750 yeah. for it. Yeah, and the cover, the cover is amazing. It, like, looks really fucking cool. It's spoiler. It's not, probably not worth $750. <laughs> I need to take us from New Jersey to somewhere far, far away, which is Asia. Can you talk about Neon Eagle at all? What's Neon Eagle? Well, Neon Eagle is really Jared, who works with Mondo Macabro. Yeah, Jared's great. Yeah. Super. I won't go into this too much, but when we started Cauldron, we had a laundry list of Asian films we wanted. And when we announced our first two titles, we sent them to the replicator and then the whole world shut down with COVID. Mm. So all the work that we were doing trying to get some Hong Kong movies was like, those things are in a warehouse in Taiwan and who knows when we'll ever see them again. So all this stuff that's coming out now, there was things that we had been talking to licensors about and trying to work out. And now all of a sudden there's this boom of Hong Kong movies, which is great because we love them. And then Jared came to us and said, hey, do you guys want to be involved with this sub-label? I don't have any kind of distribution or anything and i need some help on it and we were like oh yeah let's let's do that yeah and then it all worked out too because by the time we really 
we really like agreed upon it. Like we we, we had a bunch of talks about it, how we're going to do it. And then we had we had recently acquired a Japanese film that totally fit. So we were like, okay, I think. And then we presented that to him, and he was like, yeah. holy shit, you have that movie. Is it the one that? Yeah, it's going to be in that one is going to be up for pre-order in June. It's so funny. I like want to like ask like, yeah, what are these fucking movies? Like what Hong Kong <laughs> no, movies did you even have, it's man? Cool. Like, You're right. You guys are right though. It's cool to leave the surprises. Yeah, no. But yeah, I, yeah. So that was sort of the big um I mean, I think we were going to do it anyway. And then once I got the vibe of Jared and he's just really cool and really knows what he's talking about. He's got a cool attitude. I was like, maybe this Japanese movie we got, maybe we should just put it on Neon Eagle and see what he thinks and so yeah, it's 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 really cool. There's going to be lots of cool stuff. And what's good about it too, because we are a small team, having Jared sort of head it and do all the you know most of the producing. And I mean, we all collaborate, and he, you know we're all on the same page. But it's great to have someone else out there to to do the producing. And and he's more of an expert on that stuff than I mean. I've always loved Japanese stuff and Asian stuff, but I'm not like Italian, Spanish horror. That kind of stuff is more my expertise. So so is Neon Eagle going to be mostly East Asia like? Japan, Korea, Hong Kong. I think there might be an Indonesian. Nice. Oh, very nice. Definitely in the mix. Are there any movies that like you you can't track them down? They don't they and they don't exist as far as you know, but there's like, you know, a copy of it that would be like a dream if like someone opened up, you know, a fucking bunker somewhere <laughs> and they and a you found in, in Taiwan. Yeah, or like is there any like movies like that that like Maybe that you got bootlegs of back in the '90s or something that were just like. There's one, and it, and it's not even going to be. Like, I'm not going to be giving away some title that no one else wants, so it's not going to really be a surprise. But I know a lot of labels are hunting for it. Um, Spider Labyrinth. Oh fuck yeah! Late '80s era. Was that made for TV? I don't think so. I, 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 I'm, not, I'm not sure about that. I don't know all the history of it. I know it's really, really good. It's one of the last. Italian horror with some production value and it's got that late 80s 80s like you know bonkers weird stage fright vibe yeah well, yeah. But the, yeah, no the last would, act it's just like oh apparently shit yeah like apparently no one knows where it is I know everyone everyone looks for it yeah that's but that's crazy. but that's been on like my mind for a year you know I've, I've been hoping to see that on DVD yeah I think ago, so. I, I assumed it was a, a TV movie only because the only version I could ever find of it was ripped off Italian TV. Right. They probably played it on one of the channels late at night yeah. or something like that. Yeah. I think I've watched it only from, oh no, the, yeah, the Italian TV version is the nice one now. Well, as far as the, yeah. you know, the but I, I think the first time I watched it was probably Japanese VHS. <laughs> That's so funny. Because Japanese VHS for Italian movies were a big deal because they were the, usually almost always would be the uncut version. Like if you wanted to see the Beyond in the 90s uncut before the DVDs came out, it had to be the Japanese yeah. Laserdisc rip or they, no one called it a rip back then, but yeah. Laserdisc or <laughs> it was a, yeah, you just had the actual disc. Yeah, 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 yeah. so Japanese VHS of that era, like all those, and they put out a lot of stuff on home video that never got out anywhere else, but they also were widescreen usually, like a little bit widescreen, you know, yeah. more, more than you'd ever see anywhere else. So I'm always looking at Japanese versions. Yeah, now I feel like it's occasionally I'll find like a German version of something that's the only uncut one. Mm. Like uh it's that Dangerous Encounters of oh, the First yeah. Kind or something it's like French. Oh, that's a French release? Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah. back then in the in the eighties and nineties, I think Japan was less about censorship for violence and I think now yeah. they censor a lot more, I I believe. <laughs> with like video games and stuff, like, yeah. like Resident Evil and they'll actually be more censored on the Japanese versions where now I don't know. It, it's kind of flipped around. Yeah, it comes in waves in different places depending mm-hmm. on, you know, who's 
Just don't you know. show any pubic hair, no. and you're fine. No. Fog that. <laughs> the fogging. Yeah. No. So fog that weird. little boy at El Topo. <laughs> I know. I, well, one of the, yeah, the fogging is very strange. Is yeah. there a way to clean up fogging, or is that just, like, done on the negative? You get to squint, really. I, I, don't, I don't know. I think it, there's nothing you can do about it. If someone, I don't, I've, I actually heard that before, like, the, there's no negatives without it. I think they were, like, by law, had to, there was just no, anything that was uncensored had to be thrown away. So they would make a negative with the fogging on it. It's deranged. It is weird. It's but, very strange. I don't get it. But even things like um, entrails of a virgin, they're wearing, the girls are wearing panties. Yeah. And it, they fogged it to make you think that. They're not. So <laughs> even. Oh, rip off. Yeah. So <laughs> even. Yeah, you know what? I, there would be no uncut version of that movie. It just doesn't exist yeah. because it wasn't filmed that way. Wow. I actually do totally respect that move. That's nice, you know? <laughs> like, make me think about the nudity that's not even there. It's like the, <laughs> the old horror film strategy of cutting away at strategic points so people remember or think they're seeing more oh, yeah. than they actually are. Yeah, it's like, that's what, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, like, the perfect example of that. I do know one instance of something that was fogged. We, we did announce it a while ago. We, it's actually very close to being released. It's just that we had to kind of rearrange different titles for different reasons that are boring to talk about. But that movie, Cries and Shadows or Return of the Exorcist that mm-hmm. we have. So the only fully uncut version of that was the Japanese VHS tape. And there's like an orgy scene where of it is course. Fun, But the negatives are not. So that's my one example that it has been. We do have it like fully uncensored. I wonder if Penthouse will ever come along and do some sort of restoration project where they digitally put in pubic hair and unfog <laughs> that way. <laughs> That's actually a smart way to do it. I mean, yeah, maybe J.J. Abrams and they can see. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, yeah. Lens. Oh, no, that would be Peter Jackson, like, adding new things. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm going to scrub that pubic hair. <laughs> yeah, J.J. Abrams would, like, have lens flare coming out of someone's pussy or something, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Doesn't that happen? What's an ultra flash? <laughs> Isn't that the movie Ultra, Fl- Ultra Flesh, right? Yeah. We're, yeah. Is that like Shatterbox, but with lights? It's, she shoots laser beams. Oh, my God. Which is a, also a staple of a lot of the... Uh... <laughs> The hentai cartoons. Oh, I There's thought you were cartoons. Coming out of there. I totally thought you were doing a bit like, oh, it's a staple of the genre, the laser. I wasn't like, doing a okay, bit. Okay, okay, wow. Oh, my God. I hear there's, there's a lot of that in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon, I hear. A lot of people shooting lasers out of their pussies? Yes. <laughs> April O'Neil is really... I, I may not be true, but I thought I read that. <laughs> Seth Rogen's a big fan. I mean, who isn't? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know where we go from Honestly, yeah, that's, kind of that's the, speechless the perfect, perfect closer here. Thank you guys yeah, so much for, for fucking yeah, hanging that was out. Great. Very cool. Yeah, we could talk for another hour. I know. I, know. I think we probably will. We I got a feeling. Now. Man, I fucking love those guys. That was so much fun hanging out with them. And honestly, I feel like. I mean, I love talking to them about, you know, the biz and, you know, getting film prints and shit like that. It's always so interesting. It it really is. Like, I I don't know if other people are interested in that stuff, but, like, I think it's the coolest shit in the world. I really do. But, honestly, I I could have talked to those guys for four hours just about 
movies just about like like just shooting the shit i mean they're they're so cool they're awesome i could have talked to them for four hours about genie movies oh my god (laughs) okay so this is officially the last episode where sam is allowed to bring up are you gonna believe bud spencer aladdin edit me out yes i'm gonna edit out any future mentions of the bud spencer aladdin movie it cannot it cannot just be the bud spencer show here no but but seriously i can't wait to have them either together or individually back on for future episodes because that, I mean, that's my favorite part really of having us open the show up to guests because we get to talk to some of our favorite people and it makes it feel like kind of, you know, sad when you have to, when, when Charles taps the invisible watch on his wrist, You gotta says, wrap it up. We're done here. We're done here. The, the, the numbers on the thing say one they hour. Say two We're hours. Done. Stop talking. I don't know. This was this was so much fun. I, I really would love to have them back to like, I don't know, talk about anything. Like after we were done recording, we just like fucked around and talked about like the new Evil Dead movie for like a half an hour and just like shot the shit and, and talked about movies that like our parents made us turn off watching when we were kids. I fucking, I love talking movies. It's so much fun. <laughs> really? I never would have guessed. I always, I get a lot of, and maybe I've talked about this before on our show. I get a lot of guilt when people that I, res- whose opinions I respect, people who I really like enjoy new horror movies and I have nothing positive to say. It, it's like, it doesn't make me like the film more. It just makes me feel bad expressing my very negative opinion. What? You didn't like Evil Dead Rise of the Lichens? I would watch Evil Dead Trap Rise. Although my complaints about the movie... Oh, shit. Are we talking about Evil Dead here? Wait, no. I No, I just... I, yeah, actually, no, I let's wanna... do it. Hey, uh, this sounds like fun. All right, all right. We did a little interview. We had a little intro. We did a da Yeah, let's fucking talk about the Evil Dead movie. Sam, what did you think of the... I thought it was a boring waste of time. It wasn't even especially bad. It was just like... There were some real writing flaws. It was safe. Like, Evil Dead is not safe. A lady gets raped by a tree. This one, it's like, okay. Raped by the trini. <laughs> but I think you know I might I just... Mean? I do, I do. It's just like, there's this hipster tattoo artist mom and her hipster guitar tech sister and everyone in the movie, even though it's fucking 2023 and they have a main character who's... A young tattoo artist mom, she for some reason can't fathom that being a guitar tech is a real job. It just, it's like such Uh, lazy writing. It it is, but like none of that shit really bothered me. Like, I don't really care if the characters aren't, you know, compelling archetypes in some way or if they're just poorly written. I, that doesn't bother me. What bothered me is like, of course, the scene where she's getting like in the elevator and like the elevator's pulling her apart. And I'm like, oh shit, is she it's gonna, gonna happen. She's gonna get raped by the elevator. This is gonna be fucking crazy. And it didn't happen. I'm like, okay, the movie's gonna pull its punches, but let's see if it's at least, you know, has a little fun. And then when she's like, you know, cracking eggs in the frying pan, I was like, oh shit, is she gonna fucking start beating people in the head with the frying pan all the time? And like, I, it just, it didn't do anything crazy. Like, I feel like. I mean, she should have bopped someone in the head with the frying pan, stabbed someone with a fork, kicked someone through a fucking, you know, kitchen table, and uh, there was no insanity to it. And, like, if an Evil Dead movie isn't scary and it isn't funny, it's it's not an Evil yeah. Dead movie. And that, I think 
that kind of over the top quality where you don't know when it's going to be scary and you don't know when it's going to be funny is why I liked the first two so much. This one, I think the closest you get to that is this really funny scene with a cheese grater. And so it's like there are moments where I felt like, yeah, okay, this is fine, but then it just... No one wants to listen to us talk shit on this movie. No. What am I? What am, what, are we, what are we doing here? All right, we're done, folks. All right, see you wait, later, everybody. Wait, what, wait, what? no, I, I had a question, which is what put me on this path. So oh. in the last week or so, as I've complained about Evil Dead Rises... Is it Rise or Rises? I don't even You're know. You're barking up the wrong fucking well, tree here. the new Evil Dead movie... As people have been asking me what I thought and I complained about it, a surprising number of people said, like, actually, the remake is a lot better and you should watch that. So is that is that real? All right. I remember thinking that the remake was like a gross out, nasty gore movie that did go pretty far. I just I didn't like the human drama aspect of it. Sure. I thought remember, I remember thinking like the Book of the Dead looked really cool. But the thing is, though, is the Evil Dead remake came out at a time when I was in, like, full-blooded fuck remake mode. I've never like, left that mode. I, I don't care anymore. I, I truly don't care. Nothing is sacred. All that is solid melts in there. I mean, it, it, fucking who cares? Like, do whatever you want. Okay, but Hamlet. I thought Mark said that. Pretty sure it's a Shakespeare quote from Hamlet. Was Mark's quoting Shakespeare? I'm, I believe he did that from time <sighs> to time. What a fucking loser. Also, All right, screw Karl Marx. And, but we're recording on May 1st, so shout oh, happy out May to Day. Ah, I'm just kidding, Marks, you're back. You're yeah. back, baby. Come on. <laughs> we should go set something on fire, like a church or something, in honor of May Day. What? Well, that's your that's your Beltane stuff. we got to set a bank on fire. We'll do a bank and a church. Thank you. See, right. that's compromise. I love compromise. Okay, we're going to go do that. See you later, everybody. Bye.